So uh, welcome everyone uh, to the Youssef Shaheen podcast with Jose and Richard. <laughs> we, we need a snappy title for it. Well, I, I actually think that that is a snappy title because we are going to do all of the films uh, that are in Netflix in chronological order, except for Saladin, <coughs> who it's, yes. that it seems that Saladin has incorrect subtitling. Is that right? Or they, so the the, the sub, so for Saladin, which should be the next film we're doing. The subtitles on Netflix are wildly out of sync uh, with the picture. With the picture, and I, I, I had a look, and it's the same with the French subtitles and the English subtitles. Um, so I've, um, you can complain to Netflix and, and tell them about this. Um, if you play the thing, there's a little question mark at the bottom. So I would encourage all our thousands of, of listeners um, need to make that complaint to Netflix. <laughs> <'cause they're> the... <laughs> yes, if you. If you... Um, if you want proper subtitles, you need to complain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it may, it's, it's. I mean, hopefully, it's an easy fix, and they just don't notice. But uh, I, I mean, unless they've got like the subtitles for a different edit of the film or something, I, I, I don't know. Any, anyway, anyway. Uh, so we, that's a problem we, for another day. We will be doing them all. Uh, and actually, I don't know about you, but I'm finding that seeing them like this, which we've been doing pretty much one an evening. It becomes mm. increasingly interesting because you begin to see all kinds of patternings, really. Mm. Uh, yeah. um, you know, which is brilliant. You, your eye gets drawn to particular things. But let's begin. So today we saw uh, Cairo Station, uh, which is from 1958. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the film that most people who don't know anything about Egyptian cinema would associate with Egyptian cinema. It's uh, one of his first films uh, to make a splash. I understand from reading the entry in uh, last year's uh, Ritrovato catalog from Bologna that the film was completely booed at its premiere, that it was rejected in, by everyone, including his family, uh, and that it's become a classic uh, through television. Yeah, that people love it. Yeah, it seems to. So, as far as I understand it, it was it was essentially withdrawn or banned or whatever for for twenty years, um, and then it then it was shown. I think it was shown in Cannes, and it it, it sort of developed an international reputation. Uh -huh. But it seemed retrospectively, it seems a bit of a bit, uh, retrospective thing that people that when you read articles about it now, because there's a lot more about this film. There's a lot more online in English than there is about the previous two films. Uh -huh. Um, so what have you learned when you, before we start from reading well, uh, online? Okay, so for, first thing is people say a lot of people say things like, "Oh, it's the film that made his international reputation," and I don't think that's correct because it, I don't think it was actually seen much internationally for uh, till decades later. Mm. Um, there, yeah, there's, a, there's a, a lot of reviews compare it to Michael Powell and, and, and to Hitchcock, mm. uh, which I, I can see what they mean, but I, I, it's um, it's very distinctive. It's not I very distinctive. It, it, I wouldn't and it, it actually no, and it, it, it actually I mean it's reminiscent of Peeping Tom, but it predates Peeping Tom, yes. so but it's it's two years earlier. Um, the, so yeah, pe the, the, there's a lot about it. So it got, it got reissued over here in 2002. Yes, um, as part of the show. Yeah. And then there was also, it got reissued over here again in um, a couple of years ago. There was, a, a, there was a, an ICA season called Africa 3.0 uh -huh. and it toured, it toured around a bit as part of that. So, so it's quite interesting. You can find reviews of both releases. Uh, 2002 seemed to be quite a crappy print um, with 
not very good subtitles, and then obviously now it's been restored. Um, but it's it, it, I had an interesting when I posted about these films being on Netflix on on, on, a, on, a, on a forum. Um, this was the, the one film that a couple of people said, "Oh yeah, I will, I've always I've wanted to see Cairo Station for years, so I'm really looking forward to this." So it does seem to be a film people have heard of, yeah. unlike the other films. But there's also an attitude that this is. Yeah, you know, I found quite a few. Uh, reviews. I just sort of saved a, bit, a few bits to to Gmail. If you hang on a second. The, saying, "Oh, this is yeah, this this is where he really found his feet. This is where he, uh, you know, he he started becoming a great di director." And I, and I, I think uh, the yeah people haven't either haven't seen the earlier film. Yeah, the Time Out, for instance, says the film which put Shaheen on the international map plays like a great overlooked masterpiece of Italian neorealism. Um, Cinephile fix, whatever that is, said. Uh, However, he could never measure up to his crowning achievement and defining masterpiece, Cairo Station. Um, and there seems to be uh, sort of reviewers who prefer it because it's like a thriller, sort of. It's partly a thriller rather than the, the kind of romantic melodramas that we saw in the previous yes. two films. Well, there, so, two, two things were worth pointing out. That kind of sexism, really, I think. Mm. Um, and also a, a kind of... Anglo-centrism, because, you know, the melodramas, as far as I know, were not just popular in Egypt, they were popular in the Arab world, i.e. by definition internationally, mm. i.e. If, yeah, if, yeah. if a British film was popular in Europe rather than just Britain, you'd say it had international success. Right, so it's a it's a very Eurocentric definition of international. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and, and I think the you know people like this out of his films in the same way that people some some people i'm not I'm generalizing but so some people think this is his best film for the same reason that some people think that peeping tom is michael powell's best film you know uh, which it isn't you know <laughs> but, well uh, also i bet uh, there are differences because i bet the difference between powell uh uh and shaheen is you know if you're a cinephile in britain you are you will most likely have seen many if not all of Michael Powell's films, mm. where, you know, it seems to me from reading a lot of these reviews that people are writing in ignorance. They're writing on the basis, you know, of a press release or a catalogue entry that they actually haven't yeah. seen the film. Well, let, let, me read, let me read you the, the most stupid thing written about this film that I found on, and I'll tell you afterwards where I found this <laughs> plot summary. It's not, Wikipedia in this case has a quite an accurate plot summary. Yes. But, right, okay, listen to this. Drama based on the people who work in Cairo Station, especially an unrequited love affair between a news seller and a lemonade girl. Well, that's... Unrequited love affair? <laughs> well, uh, well, no, that, I, I wouldn't say that's inaccurate. I mean, he is a newspaper seller, and he is in love with someone <laughs> who doesn't love him back, so... That's true, but it's not how I describe the film, but it is how... The BFI described the film on their website. Well, it's so it's so <laughs> interesting what people pick up on, and I suppose every time it gets released, it has new resonances, right? So for me, yeah, seeing it, this is the second time I see it. I saw I, I saw it and loved it in Bologna, but this time, what it, you know, the resonance had to do with how do you call those young people? Who can never get sex and go out and murder someone? There's a term for them. Well, a term. Incels, yeah. Incel, yeah. <laughs> Incels, yeah. Turf is something different. But I did. I found the reference to this on this film on, on Twitter, where someone, some like the, someone this week, um, 
talked about it as uh, let me find the tweet. Uh, uh, but um, yeah, watch Yusuf Shaheen's Cairo station last night. Oh, this is actually from July 2018. Watch Yusuf Shaheen's Cairo station. It's a 60-year-old Egyptian spin on Italian neorealism in which the director plays an incel whose pent-up sexual energy makes him kill. Which, yeah, that's, that that's, is correct. Uh, <laughs> and some, yeah, and then someone else in November 2019, somebody says, there's a type of film which I think of as the incel film. It has a tradition starting back in Psycho and Peeping Tom of the same year. Um, and, but this is in reference to Cairo station. And then someone else, you're going to be real mad at me, but it must be said, Shaheen's Cairo station is an incel film. So, so yeah, it's, it a, it's an incel film, yeah. uh, which is interesting. But the other the other thing I found was a reference because because as as I've just mentioned the the the, the killer uh, who's a a is a disabled newspaper seller who's kind of tormented by the other characters and eventually becomes a killer. Um, he's a, he's played by Shaheen, so yes. he's played by the director. And Shaheen apparently said in the interview the reason he plays the role is that no Egyptian actor would play a, a character who was was physically. Uh, impaired yeah. and also uh, have that kind of um, and, and was psychologically twisted. Yes. Uh, so whether that's true or not, I don't know. But that's certainly what Shaheen claimed. I mean, um, I I find the film fascinating. I mean, uh, mm. so so do you want to tell the plot or shall I? Um, okay, I'll, I'll 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 have a go. So I, it's it, the whole thing takes place in a single day. Right. It's a single day, and everything takes place in Cairo Station. So actually, there's a, a bunch of stories. It's kind of a slice of life thing. There's a bunch of stories going on. But the main plot is about this disabled newspaper seller who develops an obsession with a, 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 a um, soft drink seller in, in, in the station um, and is eventually driven to, to try and kill her. Um, so that's kind of the main plot. But there's a bunch of other plots going on which are interesting in comparison with the other films. So there's there's one of the station workers is trying to organize a union of the of the, the kind of porters on the on the station. Um, there's a, a really interesting thing which I guess we'll come to later about this pair of pair of lovers who are separated. Um, the, the young lovers in a really nice scene. And so there's just these various plots going on, but the key plot is is around this this murder plot. Yes. Except the other plots are very interesting because, in a sense, this film is like neorealism and unlike classical Hollywood cinema in that it brings together all of these very important stories uh, mm -hmm. alongside the central narrative, which is one of, you know, a very dark story of uh, a disabled person madly in love with someone uh, who is driven to kill her because she doesn't reciprocate, right? I mean, that is a story in the film, but mm. it's not the story of the film. And actually, I think that that's one of the things, one of the ways in which the film becomes interesting, because like so many of uh, uh, Shaheen's other films that we've already seen, at its heart, there's also a problem of work. And, and once mm. again, you know, kind of problem of unionization. The film has this really stinging critique, though it, it, I suppose it doesn't come across as a critique, but it is read as one in which all of the working conditions in the train station are corrupt. You only get a job if you pay a bribe to somebody, right? So people are scrambling money on the edges, you know, selling drinks without a license or, mm. you know, kind of... Uh, uh, 
uh, uh, being a porter without a license. Yeah, but they get kicked out and so on. So the whole thing about the station is that, you know, people have control over certain areas of the work, right, and exclude others. It's very uh, undemocratic and very corrupt, mm. right? Uh, so uh, uh, the, um, the character uh, that uh, uh, Kinawi is, is uh, obsessed with uh, is Hanuma, and Hanuma's boyfriend, Abu Siri, uh, is a union organizer, right? So, mm. yeah, so this thing about unions and protecting jobs and, you know, kind of decent pay for work, it's quite a powerful element in the film, I thought. Yeah, absolutely, and that, that, that seems to be a key thing. And you also, interestingly, in comparison with the other films, you do get a sequence where the mob turns on him. Yes. Uh, because at a certain point they think that he's the one who's attacked the girl uh, and, and the mob turns on him. Um, so that that's interesting. But yeah, the, the other plot I really liked, as I, as I just mentioned, was because the, the, it just finishes in this amazing sequence. That there's this, I couldn't quite get what was happening, but there's, there's a pair of, there's a, there's a boy, he's you know, sort of a late teenage boy who's going off somewhere on the train. His family bring him to the station. Um, and he meets his girlfriend, mm. who he's presumably having some kind of slightly illicit love affair with, yes. and you don't really find out what this is about. Um, but then there's, then, and then there, so you get this scene where they meet, and then you don't see them again for, for a while. And then you get this scene where he's on the train, and his family are waving goodbye to him, and then just in front of his family is the girl, and she's waving goodbye to him, yes. but the family can't see she's waving goodbye to yes. him, and, and it's just really, and, and then she's about to. Yeah, she's about to run to him, but then the family, the mother kind of runs past and hugs him. And, and it's, it's just re really subtle. And, and, you know, you have to remember back to the thing that happened an hour ago in the film. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, that, that's what I liked about it, this kind of slice of life. And it reminded me of, uh, I mean, there's a few British films that are uh, a little like this. There's one called, I think it's called The Great Day or something. It's a really, a really low-budget British film set in a department store. And it's just about the, the women that work in the department mm -hmm. store and various various plots that happen to them mm. throughout the course of the day and one, one ends tragically, you know, and, and, and it, 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 I, I do love those films where it's, it's just sort of one location, it's one day and you just think slice of life. And so I think people that, if you, if your impression of this film is that it's going to be like Peeping Tom or Psycho or something, it really, it really isn't, isn't because that part of the plot is a small part of it. The other, the other thing I've seen this erroneously described as is a film about a serial killer yeah. because, but, it's not, it's not because basically, it's, no. he's, there, there are references to other murders, but basically the, you know, the newspaper seller gets the idea for what he's going to do because he keeps hearing news stories about this serial killer who's mm. killing women somewhere else in, 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 in Egypt. I mean, he, he's quite a, um, and, and spoiler, no one actually gets killed. I mean, he does try and kill someone, yes. but, <laughs> but you know, it, it, so he, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, I love the ending um, they, where they, they sort of well, he's he's captured in a yeah, really interesting way. Well, um, the, the moment you're referring to is one of the reasons why I think uh, Shaheen is a real poet of the <coughs> cinema. Yeah, because so the crime gets resolved, uh, and you have you know this this young girl kind of clearly madly in love and you know, weeping that her, her boyfriend is leaving uh, with just this little hand wave, right? And actually, mm. it's this beautiful contrast between, you know, this kind of reciprocated emotion and this unrequited murderous obsession 
right yeah so and the two things are brought mm. together at the end and you know and the moment becomes poetic because it's not just about itself it's not just a young girl waving goodbye to her lover it's kind of an allegory and a symbol right for everything else that we've seen in the film yeah 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 yeah, yeah i really love that um, um so it's quite sort of other other things that struck me it's quite sort of um this is very and must have been for the time in Egypt, very erotic scene where the, with the wet dress, um, yes, where they, they, uh, so the, 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 um, so these soft drink sellers, they're illicit soft drink sellers and they're, they're playing around with, 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 with a water butt thing. And the, the, the lead woman gets soaked and goes into her back room and, and takes a dress off and the, you know, her, she's soaked in water and it's kind of the, the her, very voluminous uh, underwear but it's it, but it's very clingy and it, it's sort of I, I can imagine that that would have um been quite sh really shocking i mean scene, those things you? would be banned in many arab countries today mm. right because yeah, you yeah. know at the beginning when um the elderly uh uh um uh, 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 uh news agent the one who employs kiwani madbui mm -hmm. Uh, or Madbuli, um, when he discovers the place that he sleeps in and he discovers that it's all full of women undressed. I mean, they're all dressed. They're all wearing bikinis yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. But, I mean, there's another scene in the film where a man gets into a fight because someone's been staring at his wife and then he blames her for not having worn her veil, right? Yeah, so yeah. this kind yeah. of nudity in the context where not wearing a veil over your face yeah, uh, means so much is really quite. Yeah, I mean, this is yeah, this is yeah. kind of a very sexual film, and actually, one of the patternings that you see, yeah, in these three films that we've seen, is they're all very sensual, often with very little, right? Mm. Uh, so uh, when I posted our podcast uh, on um, uh, uh, dark waters, I excerpted the moment where. Uh, the lead character is dancing. She's fully clothed, right? Uh, she's just dancing, but actually, it's so incredibly sexy and suggestive, and yeah, and actually, you can see why he's upset. There are all these other people looking at her, and it yeah, is very sexual. Yeah. And the camera does this thing where he, the, the camera just films her from neck to waist, cutting off her head, but putting a great deal of attention on her breasts. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's quite something to see and actually yeah it's very erotic yeah. and powerful really because yeah. there's a great dance scene in this one as well with yes. the, the the band called mike and his skyrockets who, who get, get credit <laughs> in the opening credits uh they're, they're, they're playing on a train and, and uh, i guess it's like yeah well it's probably like i mean again this is uh sort of four years before five years before a hard day's night when the beatles were sort of playing on the train you know and, and yeah. they're, they're playing on the but, train and she dances around to them but it's four years after elvis and actually yeah. you can see that the type of music is a kind of an egyptian version of rock and roll right very much yeah that's that's the interesting thing because unlike the i mean the, both, all, all three of these films the, so the, i mean the, these are the only three of the 50s Shaheen films on netflix and all three of them are contemporary or set in, in a contemporary uh time or, or well, although the first one we think was set a few years before it was made uh but they're, they're all set in the present day and but this one really felt 
like it was the fifties yeah. because it, because it was in the big city. You you didn't get the kind of rural, fe- like almost feudal um, state that you got in the first two. That's true. Except that theme that we've seen in all the films so far of progress, of change, mm. of resistance to change, of the pull between old ways of being and doing and new ways is very much evident in this film. In fact, you know, you have two characters who come in, see the teenagers in their modern Western gear playing rock mm. and roll and are appalled and think, well, is the world coming to her? I forget their exact yeah, kind of dialogue. Yeah. yeah, but that is very much in keeping with, you know, the themes of the previous two films, yeah? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's clearly a concern for Shaheen. You, you also get in this one, as in, as in the second one, you, the, there is the, so the, the, the fiancé of, the, of the, 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 the lead woman, he's told her not to, to stop working and yes. he finds her working on the train and gets very angry and essentially you, you get a scene where he drags her off into a, into a, a, a shed and starts slapping her around in the same way that, that Omar Sharif did in, in the previous film. Yes. And, it, and, 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 you know, it just is a, it's an uncomfortable scene because obviously the, if there are the scene of violence against women by the murderer, you're, you're clearly, that's clearly not presented as, as normal or good. Whereas this is just, oh yeah, you know, that's just what, that's just what happens. But uh, I think it's like five minutes later, they're fine. I want to reflect on this a, a moment because, so on the one hand, there is that, and you get the feeling, well, we know, uh, uh, and it's not just in Arab countries. I mean, you know, in Spain, during the whole of the Franco dictatorship, you know, a woman couldn't go to university without permission from her family. Mm. She couldn't travel on a train without permission, you know, from, from her father. Uh, she couldn't open a bank account without permission. Yeah. So, you know, these patriarchal structures that are often violent and so on, uh, the film takes them for, for granted. That's the world that it is. But within that world, the women are quite extraordinary, right? Because mm. even in that scene, she controls it. Right, kind of, yeah. you know, she she rubs her leg, right, and she's completely confident of the sexual power that she has over mm. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, she's completely confident of of him. Yeah. So you know, and she's very she's very confident in the way she treats the uh, the, the, the the newspaper seller as well. Which obviously, is, is, you know, unfortunately, he's then uh, that's part of what drives him out of control but she, she's very essentially she's she's being a, a yeah she's she's sort of slightly flirting with him not seriously but she's kind of humoring him you know i mean you know and yeah yes of course we'll get married she's her. a young girl who works in the station and makes her living selling soft drinks illegally you can imagine mm. that the kind of sexual harassment and you know that she has yeah. to put up with and you know, she knows how to handle all of that stuff. And I mean, she's dealing with, you know, police harassment and harassment from the uh, licensed soft drink seller uh, on a daily yeah. basis, yeah. right? So, yeah, kind yeah. of, you so know. So she has to be confident. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Though, there's a, well, one, one scene I really like, there's a stunt where they, where the, um, there's a young boy and he he's about to be hit by a train yes. and uh, she, she runs towards him and saves him. Um, and you, it's clearly yeah, it's 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 a very basic stunt because you can, yeah, it's very when you watch it, you think oh my god, that kid's about to be hit by a train, and you realize oh no, they're filming backwards. Yeah. Um, so um, 
but what be, it would be interesting to, if you, to see that in reverse because she runs she runs towards him yes but presumably she's actually running backwards, backwards yes. away from him but managed to managing to convincingly look like or reasonably convincingly look like she's uh run, running towards this kid yes. um so um, yeah that that was a i love the structure of it and actually mm. um the opening reminded me very much of a 19th century novel and actually Dickens in particular, right? Because it begins with that kind of setting of suspense, saying something like, oh, I met uh, um, Kinawi, you know, outside the station and he was huddled and he wouldn't look me in the eye. And, and then the preamble to the film ends who knew that the day would end like this or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, like your immediate thing is, how did the day end? Yeah. So it sets up yeah. all this suspense, this questioning. It feels very much like a 19th century novel structurally in that way, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, you know, it keeps you hooked on what's happening next. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so one thing that I, again, re reading re reviews and various blogs about it, um, it seemed to be, not well received at the time internationally because of the mix of genres uh, because it's not okay is it near realist film is it is it a thriller is it is it romance well it certainly has um, a lot of the characteristics yeah, of uh, yeah. neorealist cinema uh it's it's got it's shot on location it uses non-professional actors uh it uses mm. kind of lots of uh really fluid long takes uh, so, I mean, you know, it shares quite a lot of characteristics with what we conceive of as uh, Italian neorealism. Yeah. Although I'm not sure, talking about location, I'm not sure how much it was shot on location. I think yeah, there, are, there, are some long, there are some long shots of the station, but I, I, I think quite a bit of it is, is studio sets. I've, well, to me yes, I'm not I, sure. I mean, you can imagine that all the rooms and all those scenes would mm. be studio. But actually, it is also shot on location in the station, at least certainly according to the Bologna catalog. And actually, you just can tell, really. Uh, so um, it's got a lot of on-location shooting. All those exteriors outside the station and in that uh, piazza with a water fountain. And, mm, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. those are all clearly all location shooting. Uh, I mean, Italian neorealism also shot in studios i mean <laughs> like yeah. it wasn't all yeah. on location right yeah so yeah. so so i think there are similarities however you know one couldn't say that this is you know a neorealist film because it also has many elements of film noir for example yeah yeah, yeah. like you know some of the lighting in the murder kind of or the attempted murder sequence on the train is like beautiful, almost archetypal uh, uh, film mm. noir uh, lighting. Yeah, and obviously it's also a melodrama. Yeah, yeah. So it's this yeah. mixture of 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 genres that we see, um, but also again, you know, looking at similarities. This point that I brought up in relation to Dark Waters, where you know you always see masses of people in the frame. That is very rare that you see. A ca you know, one character on their own in a close-up. And actually, mm -hmm. in this film, it's usually the character played by Yusef Shaheen as Kinawi, right, who is often isolated and living in his own head and, you know, mm -hmm. fantasizing and having nightmares and so on. So he's often framed on his own. 
but everybody else is huddled amidst masses. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, the action yeah. always takes place in front of a group of people working or doing or, yeah, uh, uh, and, and, and it's always these groupings, the women, the porters, yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, what, one scene that I, again, was picked out by a few of the reviews I saw was the scene where he buys the knife because uh, when he decides he's going to be driven to kill, he um, has to go and buy a knife. And there's a conveniently there's a convenient local knife like every yeah the, yeah the, like the, the knife shop you have yeah. on the station. Uh, but that's an interesting scene because you just see the camera just shows this like display of like knives hanging down in front of you, and you, then he's the the killer or the, the attempted killer comes up and faces you. you you're looking at him, and the you just see the arm. It's like you're the, you're the knife seller because you just see the arm yes. of the knife seller reaching out from behind the camera to hand him the knife. So it's kind of like you're the, you know, you the audience are giving this guy a knife to um, um, to carry out these terrible acts. It's very the kind of thing Michael Haneke would have done to sort of implicate <laughs> the audience in this thing. <laughs> That's a beautiful shot. Another one that I really loved is that moment where Abu Siri, played by Farid Shakwi, uh, you know, he, he, they now know that it's Kivani who is, Kivani who is, you know, who is out to kill uh, Hanuma. And uh, he, he talks to a policeman. And actually, there are maybe about 50 people in the frame. Yeah, so all mm. you see is, are these heads, right? But right in mm. the center of it is Abu Siri, and and uh, the policeman right so you know there's this beautiful way of framing where you see the two faces are highlighted but really it's in a sea of faces yeah it's true there's a few scenes like that aren't there because also the scene you mentioned where the um the guy starts a fight because he's because the the newspaper sellers look, looked at his wife there's a load of people there but you always know that it's always clear who you're looking at who who who, who the focus is on yeah in those scenes it's very it's very 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 cleverly done yeah um, so yeah, it's a beautiful film. I think it's really it's really good. I, I think I I, I I mean I really enjoyed it. I, I mean I've I've seen it twice and I really liked it. I but but I think it's not the best of the three films. Uh, which one would be your week. pick so far? I I, th I think the first one, the, the Blazing Sun, the Blazing Sky, yeah. Blazing Sun. I always get the name wrong, but I, I that that I think was my favorite of the three. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did enjoy this and I can see why this is the yeah, I can see why this is the one that if you if you were going like when the BFI did their Shaheen season this is the one that they gave an extended run to yeah. um, because it, this is it's an it's sounds cynical but it's an easy it's an easier sell because it's like you know you, you can you can explain it to people more it, it's more I think it's more kind of accessible to a western audience because the Western audience can kind of understand the concerns of the characters more than they can with the, the other two films, perhaps. I think part of the, no. part of the problem in criticism uh, is that people often, or critics, when they evaluate, they want every element to cohere and be mm. meaningful, right? And if they adhere too strongly to that criteria, they miss out on real treasures because I think this is the most cohesive of his films. Yeah, you know, we talked uh, yesterday about Dark Waters and how, you know, there were moments that were truly uncomfortable 
you know, and there were mm. also moments that were almost like laughably bad. Yeah, like we talked about the, the fight sequences, how unbelievable they were, and so on. So, so this is a film. Yeah, uh, Cairo Station is the one that is most cohesive, where you know uh, the the parts fit into the whole, you know, in a way that kind of resonates and that interlink and so on. But I think if you adhere too closely to that criteria of value, you miss out on real treasures. Yeah. Because mm. I think, you know, Blazing Sun, it has moments of melodrama that if you don't give yourself up to it, you can really laugh at it. But if you laugh at it, you actually miss connecting with what mm. is yeah. emotional and meaningful and beautiful about it, right? So I think kind of one of the things about criticism is that you should open up kind of different ways of entering a film, of experiencing, of relating to it, rather than shut them off, right? So, I, yeah, and I think this is why, I, you know, I, and I know this is the approach you often take with, the, with, with your other podcasts, is that we're kind of reacting to these films very quickly. Yes. You, you know, I, I, I've, I've watched the film this evening and done a bit of Googling and found some blogs and stuff. Yes. I haven't, like, read a dissertation on Shaheen, you know, I, 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 but it's kind of that, this is the reaction you have when you're watching it. Yes. And, and I think that's an interesting way to approach it. It's just, is this a good, does this work as a film? Yes. I think the other thing that, that, in terms of similarities between the films, uh, this Dark Waters, as does this one, takes place, uh, Dark Waters takes place on a single day, I think, or, or a day, in, uh, it's, it's over 24 hours. Yeah. I, I didn't I notice that, actually. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's, so, so basically he, uh, I, I think this is right. So Omar Sharif arrives back at the port, and then he's going to leave. And when he's leaving, it's literally the, it's literally the next morning. Um, and uh, uh, blazing blazing sky, or blazing sun, or whatever it was called. <laughs> it's terrible, I can't remember the name. Um, takes place over a much longer period because you you get the trial and you get the execution. Yes. But I, I do like that, that focus. You do also begin to see uh, characters that you recognise. Yeah. So am I mm. right in thinking that the character who plays Abu Siri, Farid Shakri, was also in The Blazing Sun? I think so. I, cer I certainly started recognizing faces. So I, I guess he had a, I mean, so, you know, some of these people would have been, you know, name Italian, yeah. name Egyptian actors, but, but also, you know, I, I, I guess he had a, a regular kind of rep company that he, that he was using. Yeah. Mm. Um, I find this film uh, really fascinating in terms of all the social relations depicted of a narrative that feels really contemporary. Mm. Uh, it is in its way also a critique of patriarchy, even though it evokes and communicates many patriarchal values, right? like all these men. The film assumes a, a culture which is its own of men who have incredible power and authority over women. Uh, and abuse it, right? Uh, but on the other hand, by its very nature, by the very nature of the plot, the film is a critique of that, right? Mm. So, you know, uh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, this man is driven to murder because he can't get sex, but like insults, he feels he somehow has a right to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 so I think, yeah. you know, to me, one of, the, one of the things about Shaheen that I'm finding so extraordinary is that he really is for the powerless yeah mm. but he is not sentimental about them right so in this film you have 
you know, Hanuma, who's like this very lively, sexual, powerful woman, right, and presence, and of course she's very poor and she's making her way through life, and, you know, and then you have Abu Siri, who's a union organizer, and, yeah, who's struggling against the forces of oppression. But then the poorest person, in a way, certainly the most pitiful one, is Kinawi, and he is a murderer. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so he's not. Yeah. yeah, poverty doesn't make you a nicer person, right? Yeah. No, so, no. Uh, uh, which which is important. He doesn't sentimentalize poverty. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And so, I, I think you know, while while this wasn't, I, I I don't think this was the best of the three films. I think this is the of these three films. If I was going to say to someone, you know, watch one of these films, I would say watch this one because I think it's it, it's really accessible. It's also, I mean, it's only like seventy six minutes. You know, it's quite short. Um, it, it's you, you can relate a lot more to it. You, you, you know, it's it, it's uh, yeah, it's a bit of a genre film, and I and I, I I think it 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 just works really well as a film. But I don't think it's you know the the reviews of it that say, you know, this is his first masterpiece and this is what where he really found his feet as a director. I, I, I just don't agree with that at all. Well, well, I, you see, I kind of do. I mean, I think it is a masterpiece. Uh, and actually, I would also argue that it is his best film. But the one I like the best is Blazing Sun. And actually, mm. uh, you know, Dark Waters, to me, is really a beautiful film. And if, you know, if you haven't experienced... Faten Hamama and Omar Sharif together in a film, you are missing out on two of the great stars of internet. They're, they're such a pleasure to watch. They're so charismatic mm. and beautiful and wonderful. Yeah. So and Dark Waters yeah. is so romantic. It's like a glossy Hollywood film. You know, like you know, with, with that incredible ending. I mean, I I loved it, right? And maybe you know, I I, I respond more easily to those elements because. You know, I'm so inculcated in watching Hollywood films, but I love mm. them, you know. But to me, this is, you know, the most cohesive, the most critical, in a way, also the most complex, actually. Yeah. So if those are things that you look for in cinema, if those are what to you make a good film, this is the better film. Mm. Yeah. Uh, though, yeah. though not the one I like the most. <laughs> yeah. If one can distinguish between those things, which I think one can. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I've got a quiz for you because I, Netflix, um, their interface, you can search search by like thematically and the type of. I, I want to watch a film of this nature tonight, and so if you go into the Shaheen films and look for more information about each film. It will give you a three-word uh, summary, or two or three words about what this film is like. Uh -huh. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you those summaries of the three films we've watched this week, and you have to work out which okay. one is which. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one of them is emotional and romantic. One of them is gritty and suspenseful, and the other one is understated, intimate, and emotional. Okay. Repeat that. So. Emotional and romantic. Uh, Blazing Sun? No. Uh, dark Waters. Yeah, Dark Waters, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, you'll get the other two in this case. Gritty and Suspenseful. Obviously Cairo Station. 
Carestation, yeah, and understated, intimate, and emotional is, is blazing sun. So, ah, so there you go. Understated? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. They haven't seen the films. You know, they're <laughs> showing them, but they haven't seen them. <laughs> well, they, they certainly haven't seen Saladin, otherwise they didn't notice the subtitles. <laughs> anyway... I highly recommend it. I mean, you know, this was the film that when I saw in Bologna, I, re I came home wanting to see all of Shaheen's films. And as I've said before, I did order them, right, uh, uh, at that point. Um, and then they didn't arrive. Uh, and then when mm. they, they did arrive, we were in COVID. So, um, but I, I, you know, I was truly fascinated by, uh, by this film. Uh, by Shaheen's work. I mean, after this film, I think I tried to see all of the other ones that I could. Uh, and he's a really great filmmaker. And, you know, whether... I mean, we don't agree that, um, you know, this is the, the film that made him famous or that put his career on the map or, you know, all of that stuff is certainly open to question. I'd need to, to read a lot more on Shaheen before I can make those claims. Uh, you know, but it's certainly, I think, an important film. I think it also certainly is a great film. And I also found it very entertaining. And it speaks mm. not only to the Egypt of that period, but I think it speaks very much to us now. Again, you know, that whole <laughs> incel culture uh, is, is very much with us. Yeah, definitely. And another, so another, another interesting thing, because I was just checking dates, because it, it, it's, and again, this is, I think, the kind of very sort of Western view of the world, that you read reviews of this that says, you know, so, and like partway through the film, it becomes reminiscent of Hitchcock and Powell. Yeah. And clearly, the two, the two films that you're thinking of there are Peeping Tom and Psycho. Yes. Um, this, this was two years before Psycho, yes. and, and it was three or four years before Peeping Tom. So, you know... It's not like Shaheen saw Psycho and thought, I'm going to make a, a slasher film. And actually... I do wonder... Sorry. I, I do wonder whether Hitchcock and or Powell saw this film. Ah, I well, you know, Powell more likely to have done so than Hitchcock. Yeah. Uh, but I also think they're very different. I mean, what they have in common mm. is that, that kind of insult figure, really. You know, but this is... I mean, I think this is a Marxist film about class struggle, you know, and the difficulty of getting by. And it's very Dickensian in the way, in the range of characters that it represents and in its melodrama and in its advocacy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's depiction of the unfairness of life. And, you know, and yet people are quite joyful in having their own dreams within those limitations. And, you know, uh, yeah, like... Uh, uh, you know, Hanuma, who is presented as very sexual, so on. she wants to get married and start a family, but she wants to get married to someone she loves. It's not much to ask of life, right? Like, you know, mm. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 and yet she risks being deprived of it. You know, so, so these films are all about, I think, the injustice of life, really. Yeah, how life is un yeah, unfair yeah. and, you know, people won't let you be, right? So um, there's a real critique in these films that I find, you know, very fascinating. I think anybody who certainly who calls themselves a Marxist would do well to watch these films because they certainly have, you know, a critique of, you know, how capitalism works. <laughs> yeah? uh, that is yeah. also quite humanist in it, the way that it conveys 
the complex feelings of individuals and actually the power that they wield. So, you know, it's that Marx is saying, uh, you know, you make your own life, but not in conditions of your choosing, right? And actually, mm. kind of what you see in the most powerful characters in Shaheen's films is a representation of that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great, it's a great film. And I, I, but I think, the, for, for me, the highlight of the film was that just that, that sequence with the young lovers, where, which has nothing to do with the main plot, where they're parting and it's just brilliantly filmed and, and I, 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 that that's just kind of really sort of masterful film, film, filmmaking and um, but yeah I'd, I'd really recommend this film and, and I think yeah of, of the of, of the three this is this is probably the best one to start with yes. um, unless you're being really pedantic like us and trying to watch them chronologically you wouldn't believe how annoyed we are about the subtitling thing with, 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 with Saladin, um, which is just going to like ruin our carefully conceived plan unless they fix this in the next two days. <laughs> so, what is what is the one after Saladin? Um, let me just check. So, um, let me have a look. Uh, let's fix it all. Is it? Flixable is the best way of finding this, which is Flixable is my favourite site for searching Netflix. Uh, so, uh, so, so Saladin seems to be the only 1960s film that when they've is, got of Shaheen's the So actually, the, the next one is, the, oh well, the, this is it, The Land is the, is, 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 is the next one up, so The, the Land is 1970. Um, oh so, right, okay. uh, I thought it was I guess 60s. We, the, yeah. the next one we will do, um, unless no, yeah. So well, like, I, well, released in nineteen seventy, so I, I guess made in, made in the sixties. Um, so the so yeah, I, 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 unless we well, if if the subtitles get issues get resolved with Saladin, we'll do that next. But otherwise, we'll do we'll we'll, we'll skip the nineteen sixties and go straight to the land, which, which we <laughs> have, we have both seen. We, we saw it together in Bologna. Yes, in I love it. Uh, <laughs> so I look forward to seeing it again. Um, all right, so uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we are now yeah. the Yusef Shaheen podcast <laughs> for the next 10 films or so. Uh, and, uh, you know, we hope uh, uh, that you encounter Shaheen, that you experience his work. Uh, he's someone who's actually very, very well known, not only in the Arab world, but actually in the French-speaking world, but actually remains very much unknown. Uh, in the English-speaking world. And, you know, this podcast is a way of hopefully engaging you into just kind of sharing ideas on the films and also to maybe encourage you to watch them. It's a rare opportunity to see them on Netflix. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'd really, as I've said about the other, the other two films, they're, they're, not, they're not academic exercises. They're really engaging films. So just, yeah, they're great. Okay. Hurrah. Excellent. On to the next one. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Good night. Thank you.